1 Thessalonians 4. Hallelujah. In verse 1, God bless you all for your faithfulness and everybody just doing everything they can to be a help and a blessing. I'm praying for you, and I pray that God would just uh, help us this morning. Amen. It's already just been good to be here, and uh, I pray that God would just minister something helpful to you through his word. Already these good testimonies just lining up so much with what the Lord has on my heart, and that's just the way God orchestrates things. Amen. Let's ask God to help us. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your presence in this house today. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness to us, Lord. You're just so good. Lord, you daily just load us with your blessings, and Lord, you know what we need, God. You know, Lord, every every one that's here today and what they're facing, you know, Lord, just the battles, even in the secret places of our hearts, God, you know what we really need. And God, I pray you just help us. Teach us today. Lead us that your anointing not only be on the preaching, but on the hearing of your word. And God will give you all the glory. It's only because of you. Lord, in Jesus name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. First Thessalonians four verse one, the word of God says, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as you received of us, how you ought to walk and to please God. So ye would abound more and more. God bless you. You can be seated. We have been, uh, this is the seventh service that we've kind of been on a theme about how God told his people in the Old Testament that they were limiting him. That when he wanted to take them farther, thank God for where we are today. Thank God for the great testimonies of what God has done in our lives But God came to his people and said, no, you're not where you were, but you're not exactly where I want you to be. Amen. Amen. And he said, I've got good things for you. I've got a land flowing with milk and honey. And they said, you know what? Uh, We're just satisfied right here where we are. Thank you very much. And it angered God. It upset him because, you know, he had so many good things to give them and things that really... They couldn't even comprehend how good God was going to be to them. And they said, no, they rejected that and said, we'll be fine just right here. And and God goes on in his word. And later on, he tells others about this moment because it's a very important moment that to him. And he said, they limited me. They limited the Holy One of Israel, it says. And as we looked at that here now for six weeks up to today... We told you that almighty God, uh, we don't have any way to tie his hands in the literal sense. We don't have any way to hold him back. He's almighty. But what it means when it says they limited him is that they limited his ability through their unbelief, through their doubts, through their stubbornness to work in their lives. His will, his plan to bless them. And we have been looking at this idea that, you know, when when we tell God, you know, here's the line I'm comfortable with. Here's the, the, the place in my life that I'm okay with you to deal with. But, you know, there's some other areas I'd, I'd just rather you don't. We're not really 
in effect limiting him so much as we're limiting ourselves. Because we see here in 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, uh, Paul says to this church, and really it's God talking to them and to us, how we receive through the word, through the ministering of the word, how we ought to walk and please God. And he said, I want you to abound more and more. I want you to keep on moving forward. I want you to keep on being blessed. Jesus said, I come to give life. The thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And that more abundantly. God's going to bless you. God's going to help you. God's will is nothing but good. But so often we try to find this place called good enough. And we limit ourselves we get a place where we feel like we're doing okay, God, so just uh, don't, uh, don't upset things. Right. And that's kind of why sometimes people are upset with the preacher, right. upset with the child of God who's trying to minister and help their loved ones, their family members. See, no, there's more. There's greater. Do you remember in the book of Acts, uh, in the 19th chapter, the first few verses, I think about these people who uh, Paul met. They were disciples, the Bible calls them, believers. And he walks up to them and asks them a question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we don't really know a whole lot about the Holy Ghost. We, uh, you know, we know what John preached to us, but we, we, we don't know a lot about how, what, it, what it means or what it's about today. Well, then he goes on and says, well, how then were you baptized? So they already acknowledged that they were believers. The Bible calls them disciples. But they, they, they were in a good place, but God was going to lead them on a little bit more. There's another place in the book of Acts, the house of Cornelius. He was a good man, Cornelius. He was a Roman centurion. He gave a lot to the poor, and he helped people every chance he got. He prayed so much that an angel once came and visited him. But you know what? The angel comes and tells him, you know what? You're in a good place, but I'm going to send a preacher named Peter, and he's going to help you see some things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So when God comes to our lives today, I'm not here to point any fingers at anybody and say, hey, you're, 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 you're not, not what you ought to be. But I want to help you see that maybe God's helping us to move forward and learn and grow and, and abound in him. Amen. Be blessed in him. Amen. We've talked about all the different things, attitudes and actions of our lives that, that limit us. Right. That you're, you're restricting the flow of God's blessings, God's God's. You know, this Bible tells us about peace that passes understanding. It tells us about joy, unspeakable and full of glory. It talks about love that passes knowledge. I didn't say you don't have any love, joy, or peace. But I think there's a lot of folks that are missing out on the depths of what God really does offer. And when God says, hey, there's more. Hey, I've got better for you. Let's keep learning. Let's keep growing. Let's not get stuck where we are in the wilderness spinning our wheels. Don't hold back. Don't limit yourself. Hallelujah. I thought about this this week. This seems like I'm kind of jumping way off track, but but I'm not. I thought about some of the current events that are going on this day that we live in and some of the things I think a lot of people are getting worked up over and, and maybe even scared. You look at the political just world events that are going on and and you wonder what what is next what is going on right. when you look at 
you know, the movements of Russia and the Ukraine. You look at China and 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 what they're possibly gearing up for, and and uh, and you look at our our situation right now and its weakness. God's stirring things up. God's working in great ways. But this world, we see the Bible even tells us when they say peace and safety, then cometh sudden destruction. And I thought today, I thought this week, several days ago, I thought, what if I would come into this church today? And, and, I, and this is just uh, just um, for sake of, of, of a point I'd like to make. What if I came in and began to tell you that I feel like I could show you in the Bible that this is happening around us and it's going to happen, that Russia and China are going to move against Israel, that America going to try to get involved and maybe just maybe because of so much of the horrible sins of our nation that should know better should be a light should have the 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 responsibility to to show this world as we once did just what righteousness is that exalted the nation right and then what if i told you that i I feel so strongly by the word and by what i see and maybe by some revelation that that we're headed for judgment and that these things are going to happen and things are going to change very drastically. Let me ask you a question today. With all that in mind and everybody's attention so focused, how would that change the rest of your day? All right. Yeah. Would that change the fact that you're going to the nursing home? Would you say, I, I, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it looks like World War III is cooking up. Uh, would it change how you pray? Would it change how you examine your relationship with God? Would you feel like, hey, I can tell you something, preacher. I have been loving this, learning, growing every day. And if he's got more, I'll take it. But I I know where I'm at in God. And and I'm I'm abounding like the word of God says. Or are there some things that you know right well? What would change? In the book of Revelation, the 21st chapter. Revelation 21, very close to the end of the book. Verse 2. He says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared. Somebody say prepared. Prepared Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The Bible calls the church, the children of God, his bride. It's a very beautiful, symbolic representation of our relationship with God. John is saying, I'm looking at the end and I'm seeing the church, the bride, New Jerusalem, being joined with Jesus, the bridegroom. And he describes the church. As a bride that has been prepared. Are we prepared? Are we preparing? Are we caught up in so many distractions? Are we caught up in this place where God says, well, you're not in the sins of so many in this world you can point to and say, I'm so glad I'm not like them. That's not good enough. Are you where he's called you to be today? Are you prepared? 
Think about that idea. God's preparing us. Amen. Amen. He's making us ready for that day. Are you prepared? Ephesians, the fifth chapter, is uh, some great teaching as you turn to that about the family, the home. And you'll see that God, through this chapter, kind of switches perspectives, if you will. He talks about a husband, talks about the wife, talks about their relationship, but then he keeps on referring to to Jesus as a husband and and the church, his people, as a as a bride. And when you get down to the end and you're like, this is really good teaching on how to be a husband that loves his wife and, and with a with a life love that serves and a wife that knows how to uh, reverence her husband and show the respect that she should. And, and when it's all done, he says, I'm I'm not using Jesus in the church as a illustration or a symbol of what the home should be like, but I'm using the home to be a symbol of what the church, of what the church and their relationship with Jesus should be. I'm talking about Jesus here in his church. Ephesians five, verse 26 says that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. We're talking about being prepared. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Wow. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. God's getting us prepared for a day. Amen. Our focus in the spirit, our focus in prayer and in the word is God, I want to be ready. The Bible talks about how we get ready. He washes us. He cleanses us by the word of the the water of his word. I found so often today what hinders people so much in being everything that God wants them to be in taking them from who they are. My wife was saying of, uh, of, of the, uh, the person I used to be to somebody that's got joy, somebody that's got life, somebody that is excited about living a life for him. Yeah, that the difference comes down to having ears to hear what God's spirit is saying, letting that word change us, affect us. Letting the word of God, Jesus talked about in the parables. You remember that in Matthew, the 13th chapter, he talks about the parable of the sower said the sower goes out and sows the seed. That was a, that was a word of God being planted in our hearts. The difference is how does that word be, how is it allowed to affect our lives? How much do we let the spirit of God and his word just deal with us and bring us to a place where we say, God. I needed that. God, help me to get into that promised land. Help me to get in that place where I abound and abound. I know there's a lot of folks that say, well, that Bible, that's the, that's the word of God. That's why some of this stuff going on in this generation, oh, that's wrong. How do you know? It's, well, that's not what the Bible says. How do you know that things are just going so, so quickly downhill? Because I know what the Bible says. If we really believe that this is God's word, 
We really believe this. I'll tell you what, I'd want to get as much of it in my heart as I can. I hear people say when they're talking about other folks, oh, I really believe they need to follow the Bible. But if we really believe that's God's book, oh, I want to I want to hear as much of it as I can. I want to get into it. I want to study it as much as I can. I want to pray over I If this is what God is saying is going to be my salvation, to, that it will change me, that word that would find its place in my heart. You really find out what people think about this book when, well, when you examine the evidence. If you really believe this is God's word and the word became flesh and you love him with all your heart, you're not just going to take it very lightly, are you? You're not going to say, well, I don't really think that matters all that much. That's God's word. You know, you see folks and they just seem so, so uh, intent on, on what does the Bible really say about it? Well, that's because they love him so much and they really think that's the word of God. You take it seriously. When Moses talked to the children of Israel as their leader, as the one that went into the presence of God and received the direction, received the instruction, and he came to them and said, hey, listen, he told them everything they needed to overcome fear, to overcome doubt. He gave them every direction they needed to get into that promised land, to be everything God had called them to be. You don't have to be a slave anymore. You don't have to wander in the wilderness. You can have victory. And he gave them everything they needed. What hindered them? What hindered them from moving forward into the promised land? I'll tell you what it was. They saw the challenge. Right? right? Yep. God didn't say there weren't going to be challenges. Right. And they saw that challenge. And when they processed that in their minds, they started thinking on doubt. They started fearing rather than saying, hey, wait a minute. What did God tell us? That's more important. What did God give us for instruction? Did he say that uh, there's uh, going to be a problem? Did he say there's going to be uh, a chance that we might lose this? Or what did God say? Right. There's a lot of people that get a good feeling in church. They get excited about being around friends and get, uh, get uh, enthusiastic when the music is playing but when it comes down to really being able to process the trials and the problems and how we're going to move from here forward into better keep on living growing learning and growing in the things of god we need more of the word of god in our hearts we need the truth that's why the bible is called the truth he said i am the way the truth and the life Jesus prayed in John 17, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. What's he mean by truth? Because you're going to face a lot of opposing arguments. You're going to see obstacles and problems and you're going to say, that's bigger than me. (laughs) That's more than I can handle. And your mind is going to look for ways to hide like Adam and Eve. Look for ways to back up and. Say, you know, maybe it's uh, abounding and moving forward. Hey, I refuse to be hindered. I, I want God to teach me and lead me. And, and I, I'm not going let, to let doubt and fear hold me back from what God's intending in my life. Sometimes we get so surrounded in what's comfortable and easy and God stirs the nest a little bit. God starts getting us out of our comfort zone because he knows. He knows what he's put in you. And it's bigger than the devil. 
It's bigger than your problem. It's bigger than your, your, your battles that you've lived with all your life and said, you know what, this is just the way I am. I've got to deal with it. The more you hear the word, the more you get that in your heart and mind. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. hearing and hearing by the word of God. That faith to say, no, I know what my, my natural tendency is to shrink back, to hide, to, to run, to go back to my coping mechanisms. That never, never do, do anything but get me more and more depressed and in my mind that beats me up. But I want to find out what does the Bible say? why Caleb was able to say, we're well able, we can do this. We face things that we see in our life. We start processing thoughts of doubts and fears. We start getting feelings and emotions that are anxious and worried. And and we start formulating worst case scenarios in our mind. What am I going to do? You know how bad this could be. And after a while, moving forward isn't even an option. But what we need to do is let the word of God Take the place of that doubt. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Take your feelings of weakness. Take those things that continually cause you to be weighed down. And to give you victory. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15. Paul says to them, for all things are for your sakes. That's, again, the the neat thing about the word of God. I don't care if it's Moses talking to the children of Israel like we were talking before. He's saying, you know what? Choose life. I'm going to, and blessing. Don't don't do your way. Don't go and follow the idols of this world. Don't follow your own sins. Just listen to me. Choose life and blessing. And Paul tells them that all things are for your sakes. God's looking out for you. He wants to bless you. That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. We talked about that renewing here recently. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Listen now. While we look not at things which are seen. That's the thing. That's what you've got to realize. In our lives... Maybe some here even today, the circumstances you were raised under, maybe even just situations that you have been through, you learn, you know, that you don't touch the the hot stove or hot pan, sometimes through pain. Pain can be a very real teacher in our lives, but sometimes because of pain in our lives, we have learned to fear and to, to worry about things rather than to let God lead us and help us grow and be everything he wants us to be. We look not at things which are seen, but things which are not seen. Hebrews says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when we see the the, the mountains in our life, we remember the Lord said, if you believe and can speak the word, the mountain can be removed. That when we see and we've learned all our lives that the mountains and the giants of, uh, of all the battles that we face are much bigger than I am, we remember now I'm with God and with God all things are possible. 
God wants us to be able to put our trust in him when we see those same mountains, when we see those same trials, we see those same battles that we've always lost to. Now we're looking at the promise of the word of God. We look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, they're temporal. They're temporary. You've got to recognize Even when the enemy fights you, we see it in the book of Revelation there with one of the churches in Asia in chapters two and three. He says, you know, it's only going to be a few days here. You're going to be, you're going to get through this. You're going to be all right. Keep pushing forward. We look not at things which are seen, but which at things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal, but things which are not seen are eternal. The promises of God. In your life. I believe there's some here today that God put hope in you. God put ble- uh, a word in you of, uh, of, of working in your life, working in your family. And sometimes through situations that are seen, we lose sight of that promise that's in our heart. Like Joseph would not allow himself to be taken, to, to be robbed of his dream. No matter what his family did. No matter what what people lied about him. He, he was given a dream of what God was going to do in his life. And he wasn't willing to, to let that go. He was looking at things which are not seen because the things which are seen are just temporal. They're temporary. God's will in your life is so much greater. I think so often how often we look at children and they, they're caught up in so many problems. I think it's just the end of the world. I've never lived. I've got just, I, I just got, I just literally can't take it anymore. <laughs> I literally died. And, uh, and that's very real to them. And, and you look at them and try to not be condescending in any way and let them say, no, it's going to be all right. This is just a stepping stone. This isn't the best for you. This isn't who you really are. This isn't going to define the rest of your life. You're going to be all right. Amen. There's there's something greater that I can see going on in you. And I know that through his word that God looks at our lives and sees what we're facing. Our battles. Our trials and our troubles that... Like Joseph said, you know, my brothers meant it for evil, but God had a plan in it all along. How did Paul hold on through all his trials? How did Joseph hold on through all his battles? They're looking at things that aren't seen. Claiming the promises of God in the midst of very real trouble, but recognizing this isn't the end. This isn't over yet. God's going to work in my life. We know in, uh, we read it so often, I'm just going to quote it to you here, read it to you, Ephesians, the fourth chapter. God talks about the, the ministry, talks about apostles, prophets, God giving them to the church, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And it says in Ephesians 4:12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let me say this to you and bring this all together for just a little bit longer. This is something that I feel like so many have missed. Calling themselves Christians. 
Loving God, loving what God has done for them, a real testimony of how God has brought them out of some things. But if they were honest, they're really not where they need to be right now. They're not abounding and abounding. They're not seeing that that those, those things that are seen still have quite a hold on them. They get away from it for a little while, but still the, they, they, the trials come back and hit hard, and there I am back again where I was. God has a method in His Word of, of helping us be perfected. Yes. To help us be not, not just okay, not just struggling, holding on by our fingertips, trying not to fall away, but to keep on moving forward, growing and learning in maturity and being perfected. Right. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I, I, I didn't say we were going to be perfect. Amen. Right. You're going to try to struggle. You're going to stumble. There's going to be. But I'm talking about moving, stumbling and moving forward. Right. I'm talking about learning and growing through it all. So you don't have to keep on going back to square one. Right. Being perfected. Second yeah. yeah. Corinthians, the seventh chapter. Verse one uses that kind of language. Remember, we're still looking at not limiting ourselves. But I have found in my life, and some of these have testified, I did not uh, get together with Dave and Daphne before the service and say, hey, listen, I'm going to kind of be preaching along these lines. Can you kind of back me up a little bit? No, that didn't happen. But I want to tell you, the people that are going to grow in God and, and see real Victory in their lives are people that know how to let the word of God affect them, prepare them and perfect them. Amen. They're able to listen, not just because we've got the the speakers turned up, but they're able to listen with their heart. When we come into the presence of God during worship, and, and, and I, I might not uh, know the words of the song, but I've got my heart connected with God, and I'm talking to Him, and He's talking to me, and He's helping me even in my worship. When the Word of God is being preached, or when I'm at home getting into my Bible uh, studies and looking at the Word of God, that I'm hearing with an ear that says, God, you're talking to me. You're, you're dealing with me. You're helping me overcome some things. Yes, See, a lot of people's lives, they really just consist of me saying how, how much I struggle, God, and have mercy on me, how much I battle, God. And you do. I understand that. But when we stop and say, God, is there something I can do to get closer to you that that has less of a hold on me than it did yesterday? Is there something that I can, is there a step of faith that I can take when I, when I face the battle? See, because you can be strong all week and then you face a battle and boom, that's when you, when you start messing up. That's, well, that's where we need to focus. That's what we need to look at. Maybe God, I have found in my own life with all the junk that I've had to deal with, the, the fears and the insecurities and all the the battles that the Bible talks about, the, 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 the authority we need to take over our mind yeah. and our thoughts. Yes, the Bible talks about taking captive every thought yeah. unto the obedience of Christ, pulling down strongholds. Right. 
I, I know what kind of programming I had in my, my life because the words that I heard all my life. Not a lot of I love yous. You're important to me. Not a lot of God's going to work in your life. You're, you've got something. Not a lot of that at all. But when I started hearing the word of God right. and finding out who I really was right. in God's eyes, are you hearing me? Yeah. When I started listening to what God really said about my battles and my struggles and how I don't have to get used to that. I don't have to live there any longer. I can move out and start living a life of victory and of power and of blessing. I don't have to live in darkness anymore, but I can live in light. Oh, hallelujah. I, I found out that that perfecting was more than just my first trip to the altar. My first trip to a prayer that said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. But that God was able that I could, I could listen and forget about the personality or what, uh, what color the necktie of the guy preaching was and, and just really say, you know what? Uh, God talked to me. God helped me grow and be better. Help me when I get home and I have to deal with what I see to have something bigger than that, what I don't see. Are you hearing me? I refuse to be limited by not allowing the word of God to prepare me and perfect me. The greatest blessing I've seen in my life in my walk with God was just that the planting, the washing, the, the preaching of God's word perfected my life. That's why I take it so seriously. That's why I tell people, don't get away. You're going to get out of here and you're going to hear all kind of negativity. The Bible says there's many voices in the world, none without significance. You're going to hear many different things, not only just an internal dialogue, but people in this world that are going to tear you down, going to tell you all the things that that are going to reinforce doubt and fear. And you get in the word of God and you start hearing how much God loves you. How much power he's given to you. How much, how, how, how much victory he's given to you. How, how he can lead you in a better way. Amen. He perfects us. We turn to 2 Corinthians. I didn't forget. 7th chapter. Verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting. Perfecting. There it is. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Say, I know God loves me. You are 100% right. And I know I love God. I believe you. You don't have to prove anything. But I'll tell you this. There's a perfecting process, a sanctification process. That I'm so excited that God has worked in my life. And you don't get out of it. He keeps teaching you, leading you more and more. It keeps getting better. The more you live for him, the more he helps you overcome all the things that, that are so Well, the Bible talks about the sin that doth so easily attack you or beset you, come against you. He knows how to get right down to where you're living. And it all comes down to what kind of level do I really listen to to God on? Amen. If you come here, I'm glad I'm your friend. I really mean that. But if you come here and you're looking for a certain type of preacher with a certain type of preaching and a certain type of style... We get past that and say, God, what are you trying to tell me? Yes. All right. Yes, sir. What do you want me to have? I, I really believe that every one of us ought to have a walk with God enough to be able to say, I know what God's dealing with me right now. All right. Yep. I know how God's trying to help me get over some things. Yes, sir. But we get in a place where we block him off and don't let him talk to us. And that's where we, we hinder ourselves. Yes, we limit ourselves because God's wanting to take us forward. 
I believe this all my life a certain way. Well, maybe it's time to start asking some questions. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, I did things this way as long as I can remember. I'm so comfortable with it. You can be comfortable in a very dangerous place. First right. John 2 verse 5 says, But whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought to himself also to walk even as he walked. When it talks about being perfected, what's the goal? The goal is to be more like Jesus. When I'm hurt, hey, when I'm on the mountaintop, sure. But when I'm hurt, when I'm angry, when I'm sad, when things don't go my way, I want to walk like Jesus walks. So what happens when end times start crashing down around us? What are we supposed to do about War, threat of nuclear war, famines, earthquakes, pestilence, all these things. Well, I'll tell you something. We got a little taste of some pestilence. And you see where people's faith is. See people losing their minds, getting angry at one another, attacking one another. Hey, God's got a church he's perfecting and preparing. Amen. 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 What happens when all the blessings, brother Mike testified the other day about people that he saw in a third world country and, and and the squalor that they lived in. And, and, uh, it is, it'll affect you. It'll change you. But recognizing what do I do when I just don't have my comforts a certain way? Where's my faith? Where's my burden to be a light for other people? Jesus was able to pray on a cross and say, father, forgive them. Jesus was able to look at, Judas and say, friend, you betraying me with a kiss. God's preparing us and perfecting us. And the way he does that is through putting, getting his word into our hearts and into our minds and, and getting the garbage out, putting promises in. And we limit ourselves when we limit the ability of the word to really become engrafted into our lives. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Hearing the word. Learning it. Applying it. It's one of the best things you can do to prepare. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've heard people say, well, I've got some things put aside, Pastor. I, I think you're, you're fine. That's, that's, that's fine. That's, that's wise, I'm sure. But are you prepared in your faith? Are you prepared in your, in your walk with God? Can you, can you weather some storms and still have a bond with brothers and sisters working together? Can you face adversity and let that strengthen your family and your faith? Can you come against hard times and look at the promise rather than the temporary challenge that you're facing? Listen to me. The Word of God's going to make a difference in you. The Word of God is that 
firm foundation. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word is going to endure forever. The grass fades and the flower withers. The word of God's going to endure. Build your life like the wise man. When the rain came and the floods rose, his house stood because he was a hearer of the word and a doer of the word. But that fool, that fool heard the word but was not prepared. God's working in this last day. God's helping those that are hungry for him. Those that are not satisfied to continue to just keep looking at those things that are temporary and being blown to and fro, back and forth, so unstable. Don't be limited any longer. Don't be limited by not allowing the Word to prepare and perfect you. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to God. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want you to help me learn. What should we do with this? What is our call to action? It's open our hearts to the Word more than ever before. To seek that Word, to be planted in our hearts. Give me an ear to hear. Give me an ear to hear what your Spirit would say. Oh, God, you're so good. God, help us today. Help us today. understand. There's some faith that without it you can't please God. There's some perfecting that God's trying to do in you. Oh, yes.
Let's all stand if you're able. Please hear what I have to say. There's there's a wealth of blessings that God has for His people. Too often we get satisfied, settled in to a place where, Lord, at least I'm forgiven of all my past sins. But God's saying, there's a promised land. There's more for you. There's a place to be a blessing and a help. There's a place to shine your light in a greater manner, to bring glory to your God. It's time to start looking toward that blessing, that promised land. Time to start seeing God just where He would take me, that I would be perfected, that I'd be prepared. Lord, bless your people, I pray. God, help us, Lord, to to have ears to hear what your spirit would say, to be led every day in faith and in promise, in victory, God. Lord, we see this world coming to an end all around us. I pray you help us, Lord, to, to be doing your will when you return. Bless your people now, Lord, I pray. God, keep your hand on each one. Lord, I pray. Lord, shine your light through us. We love you so much. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you.